Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Hello. And with Derek and myself is John Van Berger. Hey, guys. What's happening, buddy? Oh, lots. 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 Really? Welcome lots. back, John. Welcome back. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, well forget, back. Forget, forget John for now. Derek, what's up? <laughs> I'm living large, man. I'm living life large. Living large. So, so you know what's up is uh, so I was uh, looking at getting out on the kayak, and um, so do you remember how I had to get my new kayak paddle back from the uh, the adventure symposium, the whatever the outdoor adventure symposium? You had to get it back. Yeah, how did I get it back into Canada? Oh, uh, who took it? Johnny took it. Yeah, Johnny Stinson brought it back for me. And he still has he it? Ca- no, 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 no. Oh, okay. So wh- why did Johnny have to take it back? Because it was too big to fit in the back of my truck with all the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so it should have been a clue to me right there. So uh, so it, it was too big to fit in your truck. Because it's like a uh, nine foot long Greenwood, Greenland paddle or something. So when the I... Whole, the whole 12 feet of it. Whenever so I take it anywhere, I'm going to have to strap it to the roof of the car. Well, when it's 14 feet long, what do you expect? <laughs> It'll be longer than your than your boat. Yeah, I know, I know right? <laughs> 16 feet is pretty long, I must say. It's uh, I think it's about seven and a half feet. Or it, it, every time you say it, it's a different size. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think no, it's, it's uh, only 18 feet. I've been I saying that since the beginning. Eight feet. I think it's well, just under. I thought the eight stats feet. said 18.6 on that, Sean. That's what I thought. <laughs> 24 feet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's longer than my truck. Yes. At 32 yeah. feet. So you just got it. Yes, I haven't used it yet. He cool. got that at the uh, Quiet Adventure Symposium. Yes, that's it. While I was sitting there waiting for him to come back so that I could go out and take a quick little boo around, and he took forever. I and then he, he was shopping <laughs> <laughs> for his 64 foot long paddle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, get in the Guinness Book of Records somehow, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was out shopping. So, it, yeah, because I had all the gear and everything in the back of the truck. So we couldn't put it diagonally in the back of the truck because it was sticking out. Do you have a full-size bed in that thing? Oh, yeah. Can't be. Is yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, but it's because I had all the gear in there. I had the containers with all our... Recording but it wouldn't gear sit stuff. diagonally in the, in the bed of the truck. It would have. Would it? Yeah. But remember, I have no. the tunnel cover. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have that big box bin in there with all our, our recording gear. Yeah. So yeah. you couldn't set it diagonally in the truck. I know it won't stand up in my basement. It won't stand up <laughs> in from floor. It's too tall for the ceiling. <laughs> well, you need 100-foot ceilings. <laughs> See, that just means you need to store your gear like upstairs or in the loft or something. Or drill a hey. hole through your living room floor and you just go straight up yeah. for two floors. <laughs> Explain. Just angle Explain it so it goes out the front that. window. Yeah. <laughs> do a little nice work paddle, on the house though. to accommodate the paddle. So anyways, paddle. what about it? <laughs> <laughs> it's too long. That's the problem. It's gone from eight feet to a hundred feet and we still don't know what the story's about. <laughs> no, it's that's the fact. I, I, Next week on I, Paddling uh, Adventures Radio, Derek finishes us. We let Derek finish his story. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, no, that's all it was about, is the fact that it's too long. It's gonna, I'm going to have to strap it to the roof, or I'm going to have to lay all the seats down. Have you used it yet? Well, no. That's what I was, I was planning to do it on the weekend, but I got it into another stuff. We went camping in the backyard and stuff. Oh, you, you did go do that? Yes, yeah, we had a we had a fire, a campfire on Friday night and Saturday night, and uh, slept in the tent. And it was uh, I was sore for until about noon on Sunday from sleeping in the tent. That's why I sleep in hammocks. I prefer so much hammocks are so much better for my old body. Your old body? I'm old, man. I'm so old. I'm as old as the hills. Nobody I knows. Definitely, I definitely <laughs> felt old on Sunday. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> My wife was how'd complaining the, too. Her hips were sore from laying on the ground. <laughs> how the kids like, enjoy it? They loved it. Did they they play? loved it. They were, Rebecca was crying on Sunday when, when we said we have to take it down. No. <laughs> well, you're why, not going to you? on your own. No, why'd you take it down? <laughs> it's just going to rain all the We had uh, the thunderstorm and there was rain. It rained uh, Monday and it rained Tuesday. Well, you got to wash the tent sometime, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it did get rained on. It did get rained on. Oh, the other night, did you get the, the big thunderstorm on uh, Tuesday night? No, Monday night. About two in the morning? Yeah. Yeah. That was wicked. Yeah, we had it all the windows open. It was nice, cool breeze. And then all of a sudden, you're up at the, just all of a sudden, boom, shot out of bed, slamming yeah. every window closed. And then you're, <laughs> all right, back to bed. And you're like, all right. Well, I'm awake now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we could we could see the flashes from the lightning with our eyes closed. It was like, oh, did you see that? I saw that right through my eyelids. Yeah, yeah, that was, was that was just was came right exciting. out of the blue. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Good. Well, uh, yeah, I'm glad the kids enjoyed it. Did, have you gotten yeah, out for a paddle at all? Me, no, not yet. Not yet, eh? It's hard. I have a hard time getting a hold of my. Uh, my boats are in storage unit. Storage unit is uh, only open so many hours of the day now because of uh, current conditions. So it's a oh, struggle. Right. I, I can only get it from eight till noon, and I work from eight till noon. Well, all right. So I, I'd, I'd have to take the morning off work just to go get my boats. Oh, so <laughs> take them out for the summer. <laughs> yes, exactly. I got to stick them in the backyard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's all I have to say. That's it, eh? That's all you've done in the whole week. You've just worked and camped in your backyard. Yes. Wow. I worked a lot. <laughs> I knew you were working a lot. You know how I knew that? How? My lights are still on. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Thanks, man. <laughs> I'm there for you. <laughs> all right. John, what have you been doing? Well, I uh, actually got out in the canoe for the first time this year. Uh, right. Yeah, because um, you've done a couple would- of kayaks trips yeah a couple of kayak trips and uh jan and i went uh down to a local lake here and uh got out on the canoe and paddled around out there which was great Mm -hmm. um few people out not a lot but you know one of the fun things about it was there's like a very large it's a fishing lake it's kind of a local fishing lake it's it's connected to a county park and uh one of the things was we got to you know anger a bunch of really grumpy old fishermen that's awesome (laughs) right i mean so we're on the water it's beautiful we're having a great time and we had the added bonus of of you know these grumpy old guys on the shore who think that you know 
you're not supposed to go anywhere near them, even though the only possible route is to go by where they're at, right? Right. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, so you're going through, you're like, sorry, this is the only place we can go. And they just scowl at you, and you're like, you know what? Buy a boat, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> we have we have a spot where I like to launch out of down here. Uh, we call it Rotary Park. Well, we don't. They actually named it Rotary Park, um, so that's, that's why we call it Rotary Park. Uh, there's a there's a dock there that we launch out of, um, but it's goes. It's an old boat ramp. They've built built these two high cement walls on either side of. Uh, but people stand on top of there and they sit there and they fish. So they cast out and they, and they hold their lines out there trying to catch catfish and carp and stuff like that. But when, so when you come out of the the ramp from launching, you've got to go left or right. And if their lines are out there, they just give you the evil stink eye, right? Yeah. And then coming, coming back as well. Yeah. Well, you know, and I always try to give people room, you know, um, whether they're in a boat or fishing from shore. Oh yeah. Some, there's sometimes you can't, and, and we were laughing because it was just like, you know, like there were like three or four guys like right in a row, and it's like, man, what is going on with people here, you mm-hmm. know? Well, if we, you're outside, you're fishing. If you're that grumpy, you you probably got a really crappy life, dude. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, they've, they've been fishing for too long. They haven't been catching. So yeah. <laughs> begins to wear thin. But we get the salmon run coming up our river here, and you'll get people on both sides, and you're doing this little weave back and forth because <laughs> yeah. they're, they don't stand across from each other. They space each, themselves out, but on both sides of the river. So yeah. you're doing this this Mario Andretti weaving <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> weaving thing and sometimes you'll see somebody about to cast and just let this little cough go and they like stop and they look at you mid cast and you're like yeah just hang on till i get by buddy because if you cast yeah. that right now i'm i'm going right over your line i don't care yeah, yeah. oh tis yeah. the season spring fishing <laughs> yeah well yeah because fishing season just opened here recently yeah and uh, a couple weekends ago so lots of folks out uh, but it was good i mean we just we got out we paddled around a bit um, that was the first time we've been in the Novacraft uh, canoe together. Really? And so, yeah, so that was kind of cool and, and uh, got out. And um, Jan has not, she hasn't canoed for, actually for a while. So, um, so it was a lot of fun. So just, uh, you've eased nice. up on the no girls in my canoe rule? Oh, God. <laughs> Hi, Jan. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm going to get all the hate mail now from every female listener. If anybody needs John's email address or or house right. house address, please let me know. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. If anybody needs a ride to John's house, please let me know. Because yeah. we all like it when John gets a beaten. Let's just say oh. for the record that there was no such rule. Wow. And this is Sean yes. Rowley trying to get me you know, in trouble. Just for the record. You know why? It's because what I do. <laughs> yes. Because. <laughs> yes, it cause. is. Uh, yeah, we've we've had, um, I was down last weekend and noticed, because they put a dock in, so you can actually walk out a little ways and and launch from the side of a dock as opposed to, you know, uh, off, a, off a boat ramp. Yeah. Yeah. A concrete boat ramp. Um, it was not in last week. And then somebody posted a picture 
Thursday or Friday of last week saying, hey, look, they've put it in. This is awesome. And a whole bunch of people, that's awesome. That's great. Okay, great. That means we can go paddling now. And I'm just like, I was going to get up first thing Saturday morning and go. And I know exactly what it's going to be like. It's going to be people fished off. There's going to be people lined up waiting to launch. And I was not going to partake in, in that little bit of fun. Um, there, I've seen a lot of people that have been out this past week because things are starting to open up more up, up here in Ontario. Um, Mm -hmm. slowly, um, there have been some, I'm not going to get totally into it, but there's been some really stupid things going on up here, uh, that are going to ruin it for everybody. Um, but the pictures I've seen of people paddling, once they get away from the launches, you know, like even if there's like two or three canoes paddling together, everybody's well spread out. They're they're full on doing that um, social distancing and everything like that, which is really cool to see. And uh, just to see everybody out there having a good time, enjoying it, the smiles on everybody's faces and everything. And it looked like everybody was using PFDs as well. We'll get that out. Oh, that's way. good. Yeah. Oh. Especially yeah. in the water temperatures of spring. Yes, ma'am. Right. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely not the time of year you want to, uh, be dumping that for sure. But yeah, it's, it, things are opening. People are getting out there. People are checking where you're allowed to go from and, and all that sort of stuff. So hopefully people can be smart about this and it'll continue. Knock on wood. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it'll continue that we can get out there. And, uh, I think I'm going to do a sunrise paddle this, uh, this weekend, uh, get out there and I'm. You can go up so far up Duffins Creek, and then it starts to, from what I understand, get shallow. So I will have the canoe pole in the uh, the canoe with me. There you so, go. So yeah, get some canoe pole and get a little bit farther up, a little bit farther I down. Was, and I was thinking about that uh, as I was out paddling, and uh, I was thinking, you know, it's not water temperature's a little too cold to do that yet. <laughs> given that I'll likely end up in the water. But, uh, <laughs> it's in the near future. Mm-hmm. Used to do it, man. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I want to. I've never done it before, so. Well, you got if you come up this way, we'll we'll go for a day with um with uh, Stephen Coots. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great fun. That'd Get out there fun. and uh, and we'll all point and laugh at you all yeah, day absolutely. long. That would be no different than any other trip I've come over. Yeah. No, but you'll actually you'll you'll be actually able to see us point when we're <laughs> laughing. <laughs> There'll be the whole visual aspect you usually don't get. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, yeah. So everything seems to be starting to open up a little bit, and the majority of people, I think, are being smart about things. The big face masks thing is becoming a big a big melting pot deal up here. Um, people are calling other people out for not wearing them. Um, I still haven't been out anywhere of consequence in two months. Uh, I'm sending emails to work just for the sake of sending emails to talk to people now. Um, dear diary, I've isolation day, 7,852. <laughs> Toenails are 18 inches long now. Yeah. Uh, That's a pretty picture. <laughs> Shush you. You just don't know that I'm sitting here recording this evening. Starkers. Because <laughs> you know I can <laughs> get that out of your brain. Uh, yeah. Yes, people yeah. people are starting to to open up more stuff, and like I say, as long as people keep it smart, then you know slowly I think other things will open up. But it's when people start doing uh, the dumb things, then that's when it's all gonna backfire and go, go get closed. 
So I'm looking forward to doing some paddling this weekend. Good deal. Derek, you need to get those boats out and do some paddling. I do. I do. I'm going to try to, uh, maybe I'll take a couple hours off one of the mornings and go and uh, get myself a couple boats. Do it first thing in the morning. Be the first ones there. (laughs) Well, no, in mornings as in I have to, it's the only time my storage unit is open. Yeah. Be the first one right when they're opening. (laughs) Yes. I've been here an hour, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, John, you sent an yes. article because we've been oh. talking about, and I'm, we're not we're not going to get all into it, but there's been a few Darwin Awards given out um, already this year, and I know out this way people are out there not being fully um, aware of what they're doing on the water, shall we say? There's been a couple of accidents already, but you sent us an article about something that we're just like. You can't be serious. Yeah, yeah. So Talk my buddy, to us uh, about it. my buddy Mark Johnson sent this to me, and it's uh, it, it's funny because anytime anything comes up with kayaks, great white sharks, Mark okay. sends me the article. <laughs> <laughs> so he sent me an article about a kayak fisherman out in Northern California who went out early in the morning on his own and got out there and, and caught a couple of fish. And then he caught a, a, a fairly decent-sized cod, and he he bled it out. don't know why. But he decided to bleed it out on the side of the boat. Why would you well, do that in the ocean? You know, I don't know. However, it did not go unnoticed. <laughs> no, no, it didn't. <laughs> and within 30 seconds of doing that, uh, he was hit by a great white shark. Uh, came up, bit the boat, um, smacked a... guy said he hit it. Yeah, it is. Smacked it had the it. nose of the shark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, the shark took off. and uh, But when he did it, it turned and smacked him with the tail. And... Uh, guy apparently eventually ended up rolling it in the waves and was in the water with the dangling fish at that point yeah um and got back up and then it got rolled over it sounds like a couple times and finally he was in the water and he was talking about being in the water and thinking that the great white shark was nearby right Mm -hmm. um which is probably the very definition of fear (laughs) yeah Um, right I mean, you know, that would scare the crap out of me. And, That's the day uh, you're hoping but, you're wearing the brown pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this happened. It, it ended well for him. He was very lucky. Shark did not come back. Uh, some fishermen uh, came over and got him. He, uh, he phoned 9-11 to get help. Um, but at that point was when the I think the first wave hit him. And the phone and his keys and everything else are now in the bottom of the ocean. Um, it's just one of those things you're like, just why would you? Did he have like a brain fart or something? <laughs> you know, you wonder. It's like, did you have your coffee before you went paddling? You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, the shark, the shark bit a hole in the side of his boat. Right. Yeah. yeah. So his boat started taking yeah. on water. Mm. Wow. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. So... Just one more reason not to go paddling in the ocean ever. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Well, we saw that. Okay. 
we saw that thing on the guys paddleboarding. It was one of the uh, movies. Um, it was on one of the paddling film festivals, and they were laying on their paddleboards, paddling with their hands all the way to Mexico. And at one wow. point, there was a shark came by. <laughs> well, you know what? After that, my arms are not going back in that water. <laughs> Trip is over. <laughs> Change of plans, boys. Change of plans. Give me my paddle. We're heading to shore, boys. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, have you ever seen the uh, the schools of the hammerheads? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah you know, yeah. can you imagine being out there in 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 a boat with a school of hammerheads going through? Because they they have massive school sizes, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, that for me, I, you know, I wouldn't need to get eaten. I, I would, I would probably no. just have a heart attack. Yeah. They'd find <laughs> they you on your, a- in your kayak or on your paddle board, just yeah. heart attack victim. Yeah. People yeah, would not no know doubt. what happened. No doubt. I mean, I've, you know, I did the, the great white, uh, shark diving down in South Africa and stuff and, which was amazing. And, um, but you know, you have a cage around you, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> But, but those hammerheads, like when you see those schools, oh, geez. Yeah. Amazing. But, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's really good. Cool. You know what? You think it's cool to see those animals and all that, but then you're like, oh, look, that big pot of, of killer whales. And and then you see that, that uh, video of the guy that's on this paddleboard and the, the, the one killer whale comes swimming up behind him and starts nibbling on the back of the paddleboard. Yeah. Oh, sir, I haven't seen that one. Where do you go? <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you can just, you know, if you're on land and a bear's coming at you, you throw the fish and you, and you boot. Yeah. Like you can't really, okay, here's my paddle board. Go for it. I'm going to swim to shore. Like, yeah. It ain't you know, happening. Your, your, your initial thought is, you know, whack it with the paddle. And then, and then you're like, oh yeah, that'll piss him off. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, well that really wasn't the smartest thing to do at this particular <laughs> moment was, in time. Move, yeah. Yeah. As he's swimming away with your paddle. <laughs> <laughs> and your legs yeah you know uh yeah you know what you always see the videos of thinking oh that'd be cool to to see that and um mm-hmm. but in real in real life when that happens yeah, yeah you're probably uh wishing you were wearing the brown pants at that point yes <laughs> especially with a shark like a shark yeah shark no i see a shark you're gonna see me <laughs> running straight across the top of that water <laughs> i'm gonna pull an old bugs bunny or something like that um, killer whale, same deal. Um, be very, yeah. Ye. I think I'd be more in, which would you be more afraid of coming across when you're in your kayak? Shark or a, a killer whale? Shark. I killer, would, whale's, uh, killer whale's not going to look at you as a meal. Shark looks you at you think? and goes like, yeah. hey. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think the killer whales have, I don't think they don't look at us as, as, uh, you know, a delicacy, but, uh, sharks are. Sharks are sharks. They don't care. <laughs> it moved. Eat it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, and then you see the people, they're kayaking, and then the big whales come up, which is really cool, and then the whale comes up under them. And then the whales breach and land on them. <laughs> how was your day? Yeah. Well, it was great up until that moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because how heavy is a whale? <laughs> <laughs> A lot heavier than you want it to be if it's landing on you. So if you (laughs) rented a kayak 
And then you went out and a giant whale breached <laughs> and landed and cracked the, the, the kayak. Do you think you're covered? <laughs> Asking for a friend. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd want to bring it out. I'd probably mount it on the wall, you know, the pieces. Yeah, can I, can I buy this from you now? Yeah. You broke That's it. Right. Yeah. You broke yeah. it, you bought it. You broke it, you bought yep. it. Um, yeah, that, I, I, I don't know what would... And you know what? When you're going back to this shark and, and bleeding out the cod, we've had conversations about being in your kayak and you catch a fish. And what do you do? You bring it in, right? And it's right around, uh, like between your between your legs, uh, uh, trying to get it off or whatever. And um, and then people, well, why would you do that? Why would you bring it in? Because then you got the bears. And we do the same thing with a boat or a, a canoe. You bring it into the canoe. You you take it off the hook. You hold it up, take a picture, and and throw it back in, or you put it on the stringer, or whatever. And people do the whole, well, why would you do that? Because then you're attracting bears when you're on shore. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's the same sort of, well, why would you bleed it out in the middle of the ocean? Because that's where the predator is. Right. Yeah, that, that one, that part confuses me a bit. I'm not sure I'd want to be bleeding out a fish out in the middle of the ocean. If not I, in a kayak. If I pricked my finger with one of those fishing hooks, I wouldn't even put it in the water. No. <laughs> True enough. Because that's the first thing you think of is, well, the blood comes out and... Uh, if I'm not mistaken, this the sharks have very sensitive. Yes. Because they can smell like a drop of blood in so many parts per million of water or something like that. Um, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm not uh, a biologist or anything, but I, I seem to re- recall something, something like that. Something phenomenal. So you know, one little drop, and 15 sharks are going. Do you guys hear that? You know, like that'd be that'd, <laughs> that'd be my luck. That's right. <laughs> and then next thing you know, you got tubes of shark meat. Tubes of shark meat everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh man um hey let's take a quick break here when we come back uh john you got mad because we had a bucket list you didn't get mad you threw a temper tantrum whatever <laughs> uh potato potato uh, you've got a bucket list of places you want to paddle and yeah. we're going to do a quick little uh, r- rundown on some of the parks the national parks that are opening now so take a quick break and we'll uh, we'll be right back. Hi, this is Derek Sprest. You're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. If you like what you've been hearing, you can find out more by checking us out at paddlingadventuresradio.com, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page for our website, where all our podcasts are available for download or streaming. We love to hear from our listeners. So if you have a suggestion for the show or want to let us know how we're doing, please drop us a line. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. Uh, So national parks are opening down through the states. John, what do you know about this? Anything? Very little. Excellent. Excellent. (laughs) Moving on. Moving on. Uh, Yeah, uh, a lot of... 
national parks are opening. It seems to be a lot of the yeah. same, like last weekend or this weekend, they're all starting to open. Uh, a and lot I, of day use. A um, lot of day use, yep. Yep, yeah, a lot of the, the campgrounds are still closed. I think, and again, that comes down to the issue, um, and I think that may have been the some of the issue up in, like over in Ontario as well as, is with uh, like the restroom facilities and such mm-hmm. uh, yes. because of the risk associated with that. So a lot of these places are, um, you know, they're just day day use only right now. Yeah. Uh, so day use. Yeah. Uh, you're looking. I'm, I got this list here. Uh, do 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 do. Most roads are open. Campgrounds are closed. Some require some areas require permits to enter, so it sounds like they're policing like who can come in, who can go out, sort of thing. Uh, a lot of yeah, a lot of it is hiking trails are open, uh, backcountry permits are available in Canyonlands, but campgrounds remain closed. And to to do 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 trails have been reopened, backcountry campsites remain closed, visitor centers and campgrounds are closed. So there is a lot of areas in these national parks where there's high um concentrations of people yeah. like visitor centers and all that that that's need to be closed yeah. uh which is you know that that's uh, i think a good thing uh yeah sign of the times you expect it yeah everglades national park uh many areas and campsites open the wilderness campsites are closed yeah so like the wilderness waterway right now is not not feasible See, to me, that would... It's counterintuitive. It's, you right. are super-duper isolating yourself, but maybe but they just the don't want to side... send people in to rescue you or something. I don't know. Right, I, and I think that might be it, right? Because, you know, the, the issue is when you're back out there, someone's got to come in and get you and no, get you right. out. <laughs> <laughs> you pays your money, shit takes your chances. <laughs> uh, yeah, that just seems kind of, kind of backwards. Uh, many areas and campsites open. The wilderness campsites are closed. Hmm. Uh, Glacier National Park, however, remains closed with official planning to announce opening date in coming weeks. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Grand Teton National Parks hiking, fishing, road access now open. Campsites and backcountry camping closed. So that yeah. Uh, oh, Ozark National Scenic Riverways in Missouri. Guides and outfitters are allowed for river trips, provided they adhere to health guidelines. So those are the ones you're hoping that really stick to the guidelines so they can remain open. So they don't ruin it for other people, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pinnacles National Park in California. Campers with reservations may camp. Park is closed to day use access. Huh. Again, Hmm. that seems kind of backwards. Yeah. 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 Huh. Travel largely restricted in areas. Uh, Yosemite, or as I like to call it, Yowsmite, uh, <laughs> closed. Potential to open in July. Huh. Mm-hmm. And yeah, a lot of them. Yeah, so like I say, a lot of them are, are day use only. No camping, hiking, some fishing, some paddling. So again, if you're going to go into the national parks that are now open, uh, check before you go. You know you don't want to show up with a canoe and then find out you're not allowed to go. Show up with your paddleboard and you're not allowed to go, and show up with a kayak and you're still not allowed to go. <laughs> so check it all out. Uh, what's next? 
your bucket list. John, let's talk your bucket list. Bucket list. So you gents talked a few weeks ago about your bucket. It was a Northern Ontario bucket list. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I thought, you know what? I should I should do one of those just kind of overall. And then I sort of took it out and I said, how about a North American bucket list? And things that some things that I've done already, but but definitely were part of that. And mm-hmm. some things that like I can't recommend highly enough to other people. So that's what I put together. Well, lay it on us. Guess what number one is? You're going to be so shocked. Um, the Mississippi. <laughs> no. Tobermory. What's that? To- to- Which one? Tobermory. Tobermory. No. Uh, Yukon River, baby. No, the Yukon River. Oh, you can't is. give us the answer. We're still guessing. <laughs> <laughs> this would be longer than Derek's <laughs> long paddles. <laughs> um. No, you know, for me, that's that's still the one, right? And and hopefully, I'm going to get that next year. But so, okay, we'll just say Yukon River number one. We'll take that off the list. Okay, is that number um, one, or is that are you counting this forward or backwards? <laughs> well, that would be, you know, really right now. I mean, there's other places I'd love to go, but that, it's just the ability to try to get to the bearing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. After missing it two years ago and now having to postpone. So for me, that's that's the the one I really want to get. Yeah, ready. Um, yeah. So number two, one of the, and we've talked about this on the show when we, when we were sharing like paddling stories and our favorite days and those kinds of things, was uh, going up to Churchill, Manitoba and paddling with the Belugas. Yes. So I would say if anybody has the option to do that um, down the road here, um, that I, I single coolest, like, one day or or single paddling experience I've ever had. So it was with the uh, church, yeah, Churchill, Manitoba. Tubes of fish meat. Tubes of fish um, meat. <laughs> um, if you can, I don't know if it times right or not with the polar bear migration. I I can't see them being the same time. Actually, there there's a very very short window where you can see both, and that's when we went up there. Oh, was it? Uh, yeah, and so I did get to see a polar bear. It, it got to be. Every time we would leave an area, we would hear, you know, the firecrackers and shotguns and stuff going off because the bears would come in after we were there. Right. Um, <laughs> started to take it personally after a while. Um, <laughs> just messing with us. Um, but, yeah, it's it's uh, there is a, a period during the summer where you can actually see both, which is, you know, so that's that's pretty cool. That'd be the perfect time to go. Yeah. Um, number three. And then, and now these sort of get sort of, you know, um, it's hard to actually give it a number. Uh, but the Boundary Waters Canoe area, you know, I think that's for, for paddlers and especially for canoeists, it is, um, it's such a unique destination. Yeah. So, my thing is, because on the, the U.S. side, it's Boundary Waters. Yes. On the Canadian yeah. side, it's Quetico. Quetico, yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to do a loop to cover both. Yeah, yeah. Start in yeah. Canada, go to the States, come back to Canada. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do both. Nice yeah. But you you can't do that right now. No. <laughs> you, you'll, you'll get into a little bit of trouble there with my buddy Justin. 
Challenge accepted. <laughs> but yeah, wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, I mean that would be that'd be an awesome way to do it. Experience both, and uh, yeah, that would be awesome. And and for kayakers, you know, it's it's really easy for canoeists because of all the portages. I'll say for <laughs> Canadian friends, the portages. The portages. For us in the state. Um, but there are routes where you can you can link together some some pretty decent routes uh, if you're in a kayak as well and, and don't want to hit so many uh, portages. Yeah. So. That'd be a cool area. But yeah, definitely worth going to. Uh, an, I think the other thing, well, sort of in that same area of North America, then would say you have to get out for paddling bucket list. You have to get out on the Great Lakes at some point. Yes. So, and my, for me, uh, that especially is Lake Superior Mm -hmm. or over in uh, Georgian Bay on Huron. Right. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, those are just such spectacular areas. And, and, And all of Lake Superior's, I mean, it doesn't matter whether you're on the North Shore or the the South Shore, it's 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 stunning, you know. Oh, it's, definitely. It's, it's yeah. absolutely beautiful, and it's cold water though year round. It's very cold water, so that's something that I have to keep in mind if you get a chance to do that. I've been swimming, and I've mentioned this before. I've been swimming many times in Superior. Every time mm-hmm. time I take my canoe up, the uh, way, wind and the waves just go absolutely bonkers, and you cannot get on. Shut so, you down, yeah. Yeah, I've had my canoe on at at not on at <laughs> Lake Superior probably a good dozen times. <laughs> so, have, so you, have any, you been able to get out on it, or nope, has it shut you down every time? Shut me down every wow. time. Well, no, the last time I had it there, we went out swimming, and it was those big ways where you would jump and it'd carry you back like twenty feet. Mm. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, there were there was just too dangerous to get out there. You you'd swamp no problem. Uh, yeah. Water Walker, you know, and he's out there and he he swamps. Okay, no. Yeah, he he's paddling and he's uh, he gets caught in the the little in between and then his his everything ends up going to shore. Uh, mm-hmm. He picks it all up the next day. Uh, big massive waves there. He he ends up going over. That's what it's like. That every time I'm there. Yeah, you know. So yeah. One day. <laughs> one day, one, one day, of the first. it'll be calm water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah. that lake does concern me. Like, uh, like I like uh, Georgian Bay. You're kind of sheltered from the larger lake, but still, Georgian mm-hmm. Bay can get rough as well. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of those lakes you have to be really careful about. Uh, and there's any any large lake like that. It's even it, it, you know, you know like some yeah. of the like interior of the Gulfstream Park, some of the bigger lakes, they, you get a good reach of wind and you can really stir up a lake pretty quick, right? Yeah. Yeah. You really have to take, I mean, you almost have to look at, at those lakes as, you know, I mean, inland seas. Oh, yeah. Um, just mm-hmm. because of, of their size and, and, like you say, the waves. We were we were up in Killarney area and we wanted to go out and paddle out to the, um, head out to the, uh, Oh, they got the pictographs there. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But we wanted we wanted to paddle out to them rather than because you can hike down to them, but then you're sort of looking up at an angle where you can't really see them well. So we wanted to go out paddling. I think we had to wait. What was it? Three or four days when we were up 
camping up there before we could actually get out to it. Yeah. But it was so worth it when it finally happened. Yeah. And, uh, you know, because it, it, the, um, it was, it was glass. The water was absolutely glass and you could look down and see deep into the water. And it was like, okay, yeah, this was worth it. Yeah. We were, we were very lucky with that. Well, that's Um, what, uh, Lake Ontario has been like lately is you get the glass in the morning and then the winds pick up in the afternoon. But even Lake Ontario is one of those things you go out there and if you don't check everything before you go, you're, you're, you're thinking, oh, I'm going to go out and do some paddling on Lake Ontario and then you get there and it's like, yeah, just hey, a quick paddle. Yeah, just a not quick happening. Paddle. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so next up, uh, the Buffalo River in Arkansas. It is, a lot of people have gone down and done this. It's the first national scenic river in the U.S. Uh, 135 miles and goes through uh, just some stunning areas of beautiful cliffs and forests. Uh, some historic sites, and a lot of people love this. And there's rapids and, you know, quiet quiet sections. So Buffalo River in Arkansas is definitely on my list. I had hoped to get this last year, and I got down there, and it flooded out. Oh, and, no. I don't yeah. think I know the Buffalo River. No, I haven't heard yeah. of it. Yeah, it's it's a pretty... Um, Pretty remarkable place. And again, it was the first one to get that, you know, that scenic uh, or national river designation. So I think it says something about, you know, what a great place this is. So I'm hoping to get down there and do that in the near future. Cool. So that's getting down, you know, going from sort of north down to south. So then we've got to add in the Everglades Wilderness Waterway. We kind of mentioned that. Yeah, you sort you've been there before though, haven't you? In parts of, um, I've been down there, but you know, we were going to my friend Mark and I were going to start that, and that was right when uh, COVID nineteen hit. Oh, that's and right. So, that's why it sounded familiar. Yeah, we were all set to go down there, and it was just like you know what? Now, now in retrospect, I wish we would have because it was you know before things really got sort of really got going with it. Mm-hmm. Um. But, you know, but yeah, a 99 mile paddle through the Everglades and, uh, you know, so you uh, see crocodile, the endangered crocodiles down there, snakes, you know, and, and snakes and giant gators and, <laughs> and, and the best part is maybe is when you're down there mm-hmm. and you're paddling through there, you become, you know, the Florida man. Or Florida woman that you always read about in the newspapers oh. <laughs> doing the right doing the outrageous yeah. stuff. So temporarily, you become Florida man or Florida woman. So yeah. you know, yeah. Um, <laughs> next up would be uh, the Mississippi River. Oh, so yeah. you know, you say okay, it's one of the longest rivers in North America. You know, uh, down here it's frequent called you know the mother of waters and that sort yeah. of thing, but it. In terms of, of why I would want to do this, because it changes from you know true northern paddling in Minnesota going down to southern paddling in Louisiana, right? Yeah, I, so, I, would, I would I would have the Mississippi on my list, and it would yeah. have to be like border to to Gulf mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, I think that would be amazing. Um, no, I've, I, I will admit I've gone back and forth on this one. Like, there is a romance to it, right? I mean, um, 
and I won't the start singing Old Man River or anything like that. <laughs> oh, well, um, I will. <laughs> do it, do it. <laughs> because we want people to listen to the podcast, I won't sing that. Um, it just weeds out the true fans. <laughs> that's right. Or those who are partially deaf. <laughs> that, um, that as well. <laughs> so, but you know what? Initially, I, yeah, I really wanted to do this. And then when I paddled the Wisconsin, I got down there, and there's just a couple of miles where you swing around into the Mississippi, and then you cut back up into Wyalusing State Park. Okay. And then that's the the takeout place, basically the, the best takeout place for people paddling the Wisconsin. And when I got down there, I... I saw the Mississippi and I'm just like, Oh, you know, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> and got out on the water on the Mississippi. And I'm not kidding you. Eight racing boats came screaming up the river. I mean, just oh, yeah? flying up the river, full on racing boats, had numbers on them and everything else. And, and I thought to myself, why would anyone want to do this? <laughs> I watched I watched people, you know, who who had obviously a lot more money than sense out in other boats. And I thought, you know, I don't think this is something I really want to do. The flip side see, of that, though. Yeah, go ahead. To me, that would be part of it. That would be part of the coolness. Seeing, seeing all the different types of people on the river. <laughs> yeah, and the barges, the barge trains, yeah. and seeing the work being done, seeing you know the fast boats, the slow boats, the people just you know floating and fishing, and you know the, the whole life of the river—something that huge. I'm there with you on the barges. Um, the racing boats were a bit much. I got to tell you. Yeah, that would be, <laughs> I mean, very and loud and very loud, right? Because I mean, basically, they have open pipes. Yeah, and uh, you know, but. They're probably doing one of the cigarette runs or the poker runs. Yeah. I mean, that was, it was, they were serious. They were yeah. serious. But, uh, you know, the flip side of all of that is, and, and again, the, there's the history of it and uh, the the river culture, yeah, uh, all of those great things. But, you know, Gary and Linda DeCock did this. Uh, Janet Sullins Moreland did it. And, you know, they all loved it. And, and, the way they talk about the rivers is the way I talk about like the Yukon, right? That, you know, gets into you, becomes part of you. And so, yeah, that goes back on the bucket list. And depending on, you know, how, it's a, it's a different world now, right? But mm -hmm. depending on how things shake out, uh, I think this one is actually going to happen um, in a year and a half, maybe. How yeah. Long, how long did it take uh, the Decocks to do it? You know, I don't know what their what their time was. I'd have to go back and look at that. Um, I want what I want to do with it though is I want to go roughly somewhere right mid September, uh, toward the end of September, and paddle paddle south with the season. So because I'm a northern boy, so be so, ch chased out by winter is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And and just try to get just ahead of that, you know, where where it starts icing up and it starts getting hard to get to shore, that kind of thing. And see, um, I would want to go in June yeah. when I when I can still get attacked oh. by all the bugs. Yeah, yeah that sounds <laughs> lovely. That in the you know four thousand degree and you know five thousand percent humidity. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's the experience you're looking for, right? 
before yes. you die. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, that'd be cool. That'd be a cool idea. Chase, chase it, chase you down. Yeah. Hmm. Because, yeah, well, you know what? The only problem with that is if you're yeah. just paddling, that's one mm-hmm. thing. But if you want to stop and see certain things along the way, mm-hmm. a lot of stuff is closed by then or closing. I think so, we lost. We were, we've had a disconnect here. Oh, is Derek gone? Did Derek run away? He lost you, it sounds like. I'm going to hit pause here and let's see if we can get back Derek. Get okay. Derek back. So apparently we're having issues with the internet this evening. Um, <laughs> we're not sure what happened. Derek and I decided we would no longer be friendly and one of us disconnected somehow. Yeah, and no, it was you. It wasn't it, me. I was yes, still on the I don't, I don't know. Somebody Skype decided I don't like the other guy anymore <laughs> and we're not included. John and I were having a nice conversation and Derek... And I was having a nice conversation. Both me <laughs> and you were connected to John, but not each other. Right. And John I was and you having guys a nice conversation. swearing about each other and, and yeah. saying the most horrible things I've ever yeah. heard anyone say about another human being. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> Derek, I, I, uh, Derek was drawing pictures. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to get to sleep tonight. <laughs> oh, the humanity. <laughs> oh, right. man. Uh, you know what? Hey, you know what? We're going to roll with it. It's it's uh, hey, usually yeah, we're going pretty good here. And, what can you do? Yeah, yeah it, it's... Unusual circumstances. So. Unusual circumstances. Well, for us men, everything's yeah. unusual. Have you met us? <laughs> Is this your first day? <laughs> good point. Good point. <laughs> All right, so um, we're talking about the Mississippi. So we're talking about the Mississippi. Uh, John yeah. wants to go in the fall. Uh, Derek yeah. says it's great because that's when everybody is away. Well, school gets back into service, right? So yeah. school's back into service, and there's less people on the river, and uh, so the chill is starting to come. You don't have the same hot, humid days. And uh, and and as as you alluded to, you said that you know winter chases you down river type thing. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's an ideal time of year to go. Now, I think so. That all. De- let me just throw a wrench in here, John. Sure. Are you going just to paddle the river, or are there things you're going oh. to want to see? Well, you know, because the, there's cultural the things. Tricks, that there's lots. Yeah, right. And I mean. You know, if you think about, you get down towards St. Louis, Missouri, and you think about the history of the riverboats and, mm-hmm. you know, Mark Twain and Huck Finn and, you know, if you, Tom Sawyer, and you, you read those things about the river, and uh, that's all a part of it, right? I mean, that's yeah. part of the romance of that. And uh, The only reason I bring that up is because we've done a couple of U.S. trips late in the season, and we mm-hmm. found that once school starts, there's a lot of things that close. Yeah. Like, yes. So you know, if you're going yeah. down there, oh, I'm going to hit this cultural center and this museum, or or this, you know, this little thing's open. It's a, a tourist joint, and then you get right. there and you find out, oh, sorry, we're closed for the season. See you next year. Right. All and right. there, you know, there there definitely will be some of that, and particularly with small museums and you know things like that. One of the things that that seems to be somewhat tricky with the Mississippi River, though, if you read, you know, like some of the there's some great Facebook groups. Uh, John Sullivan uh, moderates a, a group for Mississippi River Paddlers. Actually, a great group on Facebook. If, if you're interested in the Mississippi River at all, you should join this group. But one of the things a lot of people have problems with is theft. Oh, yeah? Uh, along, yeah, along the river. So you, uh, you get to some towns or something, you leave your boat, you go in, 
and things are missing, your boat is missing. Um, so that can be kind of tricky. And, um, you know, I think, you know, that, that I think if you're by yourself, it, it changes a little bit the nature of how you might do it otherwise. So, you know, it, it becomes more about the paddling, I think, if you're solo. But, you know, but there, the other thing about the Mississippi, and, and this may change given current times that we're in, but, you know, is the River Angel Network. That's oh, yeah, yeah, particularly yes, yes. with the Mississippi, right? There are so many good people <laughs> and so many people helping out there. So, um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see how these things, you know, play out. We just, we just don't know how things are going to happen, right? Yeah. See, it might be safer in a larger group so somebody can stay with the boats while those going to right. town. Right, you have a couple of people Definitely. going to town, stay with the boat, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think two canoes, four people would be a perfect size for that. Mm-hmm. Would yeah. you do a canoe or kayak? What would be better on on that? Oh, I definitely one? do a canoe. Yeah, yeah. I think you do. Can I think you do canoe for the ability to take more with you, so you have fewer stops. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. But you know, in terms of of speed and such, you know, the the kayak is, you know, sort of hard to beat that way. Now you can always, you know, the other thing that's great on this route too is you can mail stuff to general delivery or, or two river angels and pick it up along the way. Right. Um, but you know, you just have to sort out what you're doing with your boat and those sorts of things. Yeah. And see, I've even thought about looking at doing a few trips, doing them solo. And that would be one of the things, cause they say, you know, like, Oh, you just park here at some town and you zip on up and do some shopping and then you come back and, that's the one thing that's always been on my brain is what if I come back and my kayak or my canoe is no longer there? Right. And that's happened. And <clears> when <throat> you read that group, you, you see that that's happened with some people. Yeah. You know? And that just kiboshes um, the trip, right? Right. Yeah. 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 You're done. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but, but still there's, there's something about it and I, I really want to try to figure out a way to make that work. I, um, yeah. I, I, like I say, know? I would love to take the time. Um, and again, it, it's a time issue. Uh, with that sort of thing, it's not really a money issue. It's a time issue. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely, yeah. But yeah, I would like to go like from from the bottom of Huron, sort of thing, um, or, or Lake Michigan, I guess. Just look at mm-hmm. my thinking. About, yeah, uh, straight down. I would love yeah. to go just straight down. You know, because yeah, you know what? I, I don't think I would do it any time before August. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but when we were down there in, when we went down to Nashville and, and, uh, Clarksdale and Memphis and all that, uh, in September, that was beautiful weather. You got out paddling when you're with, uh. No, the, they were having very low water and he says it would have oh. been a, it would have been just a, a, a day of portage because oh, <laughs> there wasn't even enough water to float the, the canoe. Oh, Except wow. you were in Nashville. So that would have been a day of portage. Yeah. That would, oh, sorry. Yes. It would have been a day of portage. <laughs> Ah, see, this works both ways, buddy. Yeah. John, you're fired. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta go, everybody. (laughs) And that's the last time John was on the show. (laughs) (laughs) It's been fun. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. 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 You know, uh, Gary and Linda DeCock, you know, when they did their Five Rivers thing, they, uh, they started on the Wisconsin. They went down... Mississippi. I think they went up, oh gosh, up the Illinois. 
trying to think. They got into Chicago. They did the canal. Oh. Um, and so you could, and then to the Chicago River, and then you could get to Lake Michigan from there. So they did that, only they went upstream. Um, so if I started from up. my house, <laughs> there's a creek that I could drag my canoe down, and yeah. it goes into Duffins Creek, which is a river, which goes mm-hmm. into Lake Ontario, which mm-hmm. goes into Erie, which go- yes. So I could paddle paddle from my house all the way down to the mis- end of the Mississippi. Isn't that cool? You could end up in the Gulf of Mexico from your house. From my house, starting yeah. from my house. Yeah. How yeah. awesome would that be? That would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Uh, I just put on my pack and my canoe, walk out of my driveway, and off I go. <laughs> <laughs> See ya, honey. <laughs> See ya. Yeah. Just going to go out for a short paddle. Yeah. Where'd you, where are you? Uh, welcome to Missouri. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take a wrong turn at Albuquerque. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When you start looking at stuff like that, the little, the little, uh, waterways and stuff like that, that lead to the bigger waterways. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. it's amazing how far you can go. Yeah. It, it really is cool what you can put together, you know? Yeah. And like I say, if you're, if you're counting the little creeks that you could actually drag a canoe or something down or portage mm-hmm. down sort of thing. Yeah. Like right across the ro- a road from my house is a, a little ravine beside the football soccer field. And if you follow that all the way down through town, you actually get, to the lake you can get through to lake ontario yeah you know not all definitely not all of it is is paddleable and most of it's portageable but there is water in it ankle deep Mm -hmm. um (laughs) so you could probably you could realistically be a hundred feet from my house in water all the way to the gulf yeah well yeah pretty cool and and that brings up my next, Your next sort river. of destination. Yeah. And and I, I, I made this, a, the next couple I made is groups because I didn't know how to do this exactly, but urban paddling mm-hmm. in, in a major metro area. And so we just talked about like the Chicago River, right? That you could, yeah. you know, Lake Michigan to the Chicago River. Uh, the Charles River in Boston the Colorado River in Austin, Texas. And then okay. they like to do is the Manhattan circumnavigation where you paddle around the island. Right. Oh, That got canceled, uh, uh, was that two years yeah, ago you guys were going to do it? Or last this, year? This last year. Alan yeah. Drummond was supposed to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to go out there too in the heat. That's um, right. That's what it was. I knew something canceled. Canceled yeah. because of the heat, yeah. Yeah. So, they're worried um, but, about people not carrying enough water and there's, you know, concern yep. for health. So, um, cool event. Um, I'm, I'm hoping to do that one day. That's on my bucket list for sure. But, you know, paddling the Charles in Boston would be cool. And Chicago, particularly like on um, St. Patrick's Day when they dump all the green dye. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the green you river. Um, so that would be cool. So that would be, you know, I'm, I'm using urban paddling as a, uh, it's kind of a catch-all there. Yeah, and see, uh, I've, I've, I've been talking late last couple of years about doing the local paddling, which is basically the same thing as the urban paddling because right. we're of where I live. 
Yes. Um, and where you and Alan went out, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Toronto Harbor. And mm-hmm. see, t- Toronto is a unique city. Um, just to prove that I've been watching the Discovery Channel. Uh, it is one of the <laughs> only cities in the world built on a ravine system. So you get all these rivers and everything coming down through all these big ravines. So you get the Credit River, you get the Don River, and then out this way you get the Rouge, you get uh, Duffins Creek, things like that, the the, the Bowmanville Creek. and um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you get all these big rivers that are coming down through Toronto. So there's a lot of places and a lot to, to, to start north of the city or in the middle of the city and paddle down to the Lake Ontario and end up in the harbor. Yeah. And then out to center Island, paddle all around through the islands and all that sort of stuff. Right. That definitely, definitely. If you're talking urban paddling, Toronto would so be a destination that you would put on that list. Absolutely. Well, that's where you and Alan went to that nude beach too, right? That is exactly where (laughs) Hanlon's point is. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Just had to bring that up as a yeah. reminder. We spent days. How did that days. new beast go for you and you and Alan? <laughs> That's right. You pitched a tent. If I remember correctly, oh, the that police came in and actually. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, there there is there is a nude beach called Hanlon's Point, um, mm-hmm. on Toronto Island, and. Uh, I don't know how many people actually. I can't say I've actually seen that that beach. Not that I would want to see that beach, because you know, <laughs> as as the saying goes, the people that you never want to see naked, those are the ones that are at the beach. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the boobs on that guy. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm regretting bringing that up. <laughs> oh, hey, you started yes. it, buddy. I'll finish it. Uh, but yeah, if, if, if you're talking urban, urban paddling, Toronto is definitely got to be on your list of, of places to hit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, then the next one is another grouping, uh, coastal paddling. Right. Because there's, right. I mean, if you're thinking about the, the, your bucket list of, of the things that you want to do. So you think of places like the Bay of Fundy, um, you know, where you get those tremendous tidal ships. Oh yeah. The main coast and, um, you know, all those little inlets, uh, and it's, it's just gorgeous out there. And, yeah, and it's not, a, not just a straight coast, all the little yeah. ins and outs and harbors and, and it coves yes. and all that. Um, when I, when I taught in New Hampshire, I went up to the main coast a lot and did sea kayaking schools and, um, went out with different groups and, you know, just, just loved it. Yeah. Um, or conversely, then if you go to the other side of the continent, you know, Vancouver Island, um, Oh yes. Right? around there, there's just some stunning, yeah. um, the, the small islands and, and beautiful water, mm-hmm. uh, Monterey, California. Yeah. Uh, okay. If you're into great whites, for example, that's the place. Uh, to be. <laughs> there you go. Um, but but you know it's known for the sea otters down there. Monterey Bay uh, also has like one of the world's great aquariums, and that this is one of the. When I lived out there and, and I lived in San Francisco for about five years, I would get down to Monterey every now and then. I always had a, a friends of the Monterey Bay Aquarium membership because. It is, it's amazing. And it's, it's all centered around what you can see if you go out in the bay. Oh, that's cool. And so, yeah. 
I mean, and it, it, it just stunning. And when I was out there, um, I went out. There is the what is it? The Bay Area Sea Kayakers Group, and you can. They have so many people that go out there and want to connect with paddlers and go out paddling that they have like an associate membership, right? Oh, okay. And you you get that. And then you are able to get a directory and such, and you can post in their group and say, "Hey, I'm coming out. Would love to go paddling with somebody." And and uh, and I was able to do that with uh, I think uh, Ray Will and and daughter Elena, and we went out paddling together, and and it was amazing, right? And saw sea otters and got out on open water and with some big swells, <laughs> and uh, it was pretty cool. So, you know, I, I, I feel very fortunate to have done that and, and would put that on a bucket list for anybody. Um, and so you want to definitely you know, do that again. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really cool. And, uh, at one point we were, we were paddling, we paddled in and we were going through a slough and the, the, the otters and stuff were coming up and they'd look at you and, and, uh, then just kind of slip underneath and, and they'd pop up someplace else. But at one point I was paddling and, just blood came up on the water. Oh, yeah. It was like, whoa. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, it was kind of like, okay. And, and I paddled over to it because I, you know, I had the camera. I thought, oh, something might be coming up here next. And, um, you know, Ray was like, John, you may not want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, look, I'm not gilling out a cod here, okay? Um, <laughs> But it's you know it was it was a it was a great day. We went out. We paddled out to uh, there was a buoy out in uh, Monterey Bay, and we paddled out there, and then came in and and the swells were pushing us in with the waves, and it just made you realize how small you were, you know. <laughs> and uh, as we were coming in, at one point we we're starting to come in to the point where the the ocean focuses kind of it comes into this little inlet. And there's a bridge and everything, but there's all these fishermen along the sides. And yep. this just swelled up behind us, and it just started pushing us on top. And you're just paddling like hell to stay on top of it, right? <laughs> and cool. uh, and we got in, and, and I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm a Midwestern boy. I'm not used to that, right? And and we get in there, and Elena goes, well, that was fairly terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, good, you live here, and you thought that. So <laughs> I don't feel so yeah. bad now. Bonus, uh, yeah, but it was cool. I mean, it was right, and, and yeah, I can't say, um, can't say that enough. And it's a good group out there too, right? Uh, a lot of people that go a lot of places, and they're very, very uh, opening, very welcoming. So, so it's easy, um, easy enough to hook up with other paddles out there, and, yeah, and get out yeah. on the water, right? And and you know, we're still in touch, uh, you know, Facebook and such, and but good people and and had a great time. So well, that, that definitely makes a, a big difference. Cause then you know, for sure that people are going to take you places that are going to give you what you want to see. And you're, you're going to right. see the highlights, right? Right. Yeah. And, and as opposed to just saying, well, I can put in here and here's hoping, right. Toodle, toodle around a bay or something and then yeah. find out, Oh, if you would have won another kilometer down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I would say whitewater paddling. Is, is my next group that you got to be able to get some white water somewhere, right? Even, you know, and the thing with this, it doesn't, you don't have to be a world-class white water. No, you don't. Paddler, right? You no. can, you can go out and hit some class two stuff 
that if you're if you're a flat water paddler, you know if you're if you're used to the lakes, but you're you have decent skills, go out and you can hit class two and have the time of your life. You know you don't have You've to be hit class least, four, or class you know. Yeah, you don't have to hit the big stuff, but if you have at least one person in the boat with experience, they can compensate mm-hmm. for the person who has lesser experience, right? And right. so you you put the experienced guy in the stern and and lesser experienced guy in the bow, and 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 you can you can still achieve a lot and you can still have a lot of fun in it have you done some whitewater yeah yeah i took a when i taught new hampshire i took a whitewater class because there's some great whitewater in new hampshire right new england has great whitewater and uh so i took a class up there uh it was it was fantastic i spent a lot of time upside down um <laughs> well, I think you're but, supposed to, aren't you? <laughs> you know, well, and that's you know, I remember hearing some people at the end of the weekend because it was a big group, um, like a, a, a it was a school to teach you skills, you know, mm-hmm. and say they said I never went over once, and like, well, then you didn't find the line, <laughs> you know? Exactly. You've never challenged like, yourself, right? Exactly. It's like I went over several times, and you know, um, so yeah, I. I it was it was a blast. I'd love to go do it again. Um, there's you know, you think about it in terms of down here, for example. Um, you know, there's New England, which I just mentioned. The Carolinas have some great white water. West Virginia has some great white water. Colorado has great white water. Um, you know, but of course with Colorado, you're talking some you know like the Grand Canyon and stuff. That's you're talking some serious stuff. Yeah. Serious stuff, and you gotta have the skills, right? Yeah. Um, I would not attempt that. I don't have the skills for that. Right. I know that right now. You know, I would I would go do it on a rafting trip, but but there's no way I'd get out in a, a kayak out there by myself. That I, I just don't have the skills for that. Yet. Yet. <laughs> I'm I'm old. I'm <laughs> okay, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the the scary thing is I'm older than Derek. So you know. <sighs> You guys using your age as excuses. I started, I, well, I, I, I used to do a lot of whitewater kayaking, but then mm-hmm. I swapped, switched over just a few years ago to whitewater canoeing, right? And it's, yeah. uh, it wasn't that hard. It's, uh, you, you know, you're, you're, you don't feel as bulletproof as you used to, so you don't take as many chances. And But, but you know, that just means you're going to read the river a little bit closely or a little more carefully, right? You're not going to take as many chances. You're going to enjoy yourself, but you're not going to take the big risks. You would think. But yeah, it's, you would think. Yeah, you would think. <laughs> I guess it really depends on the individual. <laughs> but, but, yeah. First day on the Internet, Derek, is it? <laughs> <laughs> but it's worth it. It's a, like I do the trip every fall now with the, with the boys, and it's a, it's a real, it's a lot of fun just to run the rivers and and see what kind yeah. of shenanigans you yourself into i saw some of the video of of you guys and and you were oh, from mike the, burns yeah and you were in the i think you were in the bow of the boat yeah. in that one yeah and uh i was impressed i was you know uh i was like wow derek's got some skills swimming <laughs> <laughs> no i i, I really was i uh it was like oh that's cool man he knows what he's doing so, yeah, it's fun. I enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. So that's my. <laughs> What's that? You have to enjoy it if you're doing it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. On well, purpose. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Not your yeah, list. That's that's my top ten. Um, I've got a bonus of, and this is one I want to do, and I, and I tried to do when I lived out east, and I and when I was moving 
you know, like you're, everything goes crazy when you're trying to move, right? Especially when you're trying to do a cross-country move. And I had scheduled a a paddle on Walden Pond in Massachusetts. Henry David Thoreau. And again, it's a tiny little thing and everything else. But my friend and I were going to go out there because of Henry David Thoreau. And it was like, this will be great. And time-wise, it just just didn't work out. So someday when I'm out east to go visit friends, I... I think I'm going to have to drop a drop a boat in the water there, just because. Just because. Yep. Well, out of your list, I would say I'm with you on the Mississippi one. Yes, mm-hmm. I would definitely Absolutely. do. 100%. Do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's sort of been on my list for like I say, but it would have to be a a border to Gulf sort of a thing. Yeah. You know, like That'd Great cool. Great Lakes to the Gulf sort of thing. Yeah. Like how long would that take? A couple months. Yeah, a couple months. You know, yeah. I I think when I look at it and, and think, because I mean the Mississippi, what is it? Is it uh, twenty three hundred miles? Sure, we'll go with that. It's I long. think <laughs> I think roughly that's what it is. I'm, I'm, that's what I want to say offhand. That's what gets longer yeah. when my face gets closer to the map. <laughs> <laughs> twenty two thousand three hundred twenty miles, roughly. So, um, yeah, that's going to take you a little bit of time, right? Mm-hmm. But I think uh, I think that would be an amazing trip. I think. Let's see. Here's the thing, right? Like you always want to do these things source to sea, kind of, right? There, that's the the. So you go up to Lake Itasca in Minnesota, and you you start paddling out from there. But this September, I think I'm going to paddle the Wisconsin, which is 400 some miles long. And it's up on the state line with uh, Michigan on the mm-hmm. Upper Peninsula. But it ends at the Mississippi. Well, you know, <laughs> while you're there, well, you're and it's already, already in the fall, Mississippi. Right? Yeah. And, you know, and I've got friends from there, and I've got relatives down in St. Louis, and I'm thinking, you know, hmm. Go for it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but but see, then you're not doing that source to see thing. You're sort of doing your own little thing. But I don't know. Yeah, I, know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be concerned about the source to see. Yeah. No. No, that wouldn't be like I said. I'd want to just do a portion. Yeah, I would. I want to do the big part of the Mississippi. Like yeah. I say, I I wouldn't care about starting. Oh, look! It it starts from this fountain in the ground, bubbling up from the ground. Right. And it goes all the way into a, a creek and it goes into a river and it goes into here and there and there and, and then empties into the Mississippi sort of mm-hmm. thing. Now, nah, I'm just going to start. I'll meet you where the Wisconsin hits the Mississippi. I'll meet you there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll get the wife to drop me off there and, <laughs> and we'll call it a day. Uh, yeah. yeah I, I, I wouldn't be too concerned about the whole source to sea thing. Uh, if I'm going to do a source to see thing, I'm going to the Amazon. Oh. <laughs> you know, because it gives, gives more danger. Yes. More well, of a chance for snakes and gorillas. Everything wants to kill you there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Rebels yeah. and hippopotamuses. Yeah. Oh, hippos. Hippopotamuses. I'm importing them. Shut up. Yeah, hippopotamus is on vacation from Africa, but still very, very deadly. Oh, no, no, no. It's the rare Amazonian hippo. Oh. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you didn't know about that. Yeah, I, l- I learned something tonight now. There you go. 
<laughs> Go Google that. We'll wait. <laughs> I want wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I wouldn't be too concerned about the source to see. So, well, that's a pretty good list, though. It is. That you well, got there. I mean, we're pretty lucky, right? I mean, if you think about where we live and, and the options that we have, we're, you know, and then there's all these little things like you'll see something on a map. You know, there's that in Quebec, there's that circular, like perfect circle. Oh, um, the, uh, the meteorite. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What is, yeah. you know, yeah. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. That'd be fun, you know. Perfect so, loop. I'm drawing a yeah. blank on on the name. It starts with an M. Yeah, I can't remember it either. But yeah, we've talked about that before. We we talked about that on one of our episodes about yeah. doing a loop of that. Yeah, and from what I understand, the the camping isn't all that fantastic. Oh yeah. Trying to find uh, spots to to camp. Right. Uh, yeah. But that could have just been a couple of picky people that said that. Right. Well, and you know, speaking of. Quebec. I'm just going to put this out there that while we've been recording tonight, I've been drinking a Unibrew 25th anniversary beer. Oh. Mm-hmm. There Montreal. You go. Actually, from Chambly, near Montreal, mm-hmm. outside of Montreal. And my friend Jenica uh, got this for me. It's not available down in the States. It's a dark, strong ale, 10.5% with cherry. You sure it. you can handle that? Oh, <laughs> I could handle another couple bottles of this. It is so good. Oh, man. So good. I ran out of beer. Oh, This is, that's when you know you're in the midst of a, a troubled times. No, I'm drinking Highland Park 12-year-old scotch. Oh, <laughs> or whiskey. Okay. Yeah, scotch whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing okay, then. It's not, yeah. I got rid of all the, the garbage stuff and I've moved into the big time now. <laughs> uh, but yeah you know what like the more I, I look at rivers and paddling like i look at stuff that's close that is doable mm-hmm. but my eye always wanders north like way yeah. way yeah. way above the tree line north that you mm-hmm. have a bracket of one month to paddle Right. Um, and then lately, my, well, not late, I'd say like six months or so, um, South America has really caught my eye. Oh, yeah? Chile stuff. There's an awful lot of whitewater stuff going on there. But mm-hmm. I, from what I've been finding, it sounds like there's some canoe paddleable spots that you could get into. You know, and you're so you're not you're not always doing the white water that you're seeing in all the all the films and stuff like that. These guys doing or Dane Jackson going over 134 foot cliff right. sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like there's something about I would I would love to go to South America, and not necessarily the Amazon, but paddle like Chile and mm-hmm. stuff like that. That'd be kind of cool. I always wanted to go to Panama, and there are some islands and, and that you go out and you can paddle in between these islands. Right. And uh, I don't know why that always just stuck. It's it's uh, part of it's a history of Panama. I know as you know, but uh, it's, it's just a Van looked... Halen song, isn't it? That's right. Panama. Yeah, <laughs> you got me. <laughs> That's it. If it wasn't for Van Halen, I wouldn't even know about Panama. That's right. <laughs> and the hat. Yeah, where? And the hat. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I always thought that would be kind of a, a cool trip to do. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've got the got the Lonely Planet Guide for Panama sitting on my bookshelf right here. And, and hopefully, um, you know, fingers crossed one day that will happen. Yeah, I like I say, as cool as it would be to do um, the Amazon, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of other in Central America uh, and South, South, South America. I think there's a lot of paddling spots that really aren't um, the center of attention because they, they don't have the the big historical, like big waterway name mm-hmm. to it like the Amazon does and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But I think there's probably, if, if you could find somebody that lives down that way and knows I think you could probably come across them well we did the I did that one oh how long ago did we do that uh, our our top 10 place that was like a couple of years ago Derek and I did our list where we'd go and he stuck in in North America and I went to Central America and there was this one place that you've got to lower your boat down this massive waterfall it's like a hundred and some feet down. Oh yeah, and then yeah. repelled. Do you remember that? Yeah. And yeah. then you go through this canyon, and then you're going through the jungle through this. You're paddling through this river in your canoe, and all of a sudden there's this old um, Aztec ruin, and there's macaws and parrots and monkeys and stuff jumping back and forth. And how wild would that be? Yeah, that that's what oh. I'm looking for. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. You know when we were in. Uh, I went to South Africa. I spent a summer in South Africa. And uh, there's a temptation to go paddling out there. But then the question is, where do you go? Mm-hmm. Because, and, and, you know, all joking aside, you know, uh, hippos yeah. kill more people in Africa than any other animal. Yeah. Yes. And you're like. Very dangerous animal. And, and when you see them move in the water, it's like, how the hell does something that big move that fast? Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> um, yes. And like, underwater. They're, they're yeah. like super fast underwater. It's it's crazy, and and so it was like, eh, I don't know about that. And then you think, <laughs> I could do some sea kayaking. And it's like, wait a minute, this is where you go to see the great white sharks. I'm not going out there, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And then There's the next thing you know, I'm in, out there waiting to kill you. Right, right. Then I, <laughs> next thing is I'm on Lake Dexter in central Wisconsin, you know, <laughs> being chased by panfish. So you know. Um, <laughs> But you know, yeah, there there is that thing of being down there. And my my niece and her husband uh, went down, and they were in. Um, I'm trying to think uh, where they were. They were in southern Africa, and they were down there for for quite some time. And they took a canoe out and went paddling. And I'm like, I'd like to think I would do that, but honestly, I'm not sure I would. You know, I probably I know. would. I don't know. Yeah. I, I probably I, would. You know, when I, if you're there looking at the water, I probably it's would. It's a different thing, the, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 But if you're thinking about, well, there's 16 things in there that are going to kill me. Right. You know, <laughs> it's, before it's that you whole thing. go anywhere. Yeah. But yeah, true enough, right? I mean, it's like, but it's also, it's what you're used to, mm-hmm. right? So bear, like we've, we've had that conversation. Bears. Yeah. No problem. I don't care about bears. Yeah. Bears and moose. Whatever. But, you know, you get me down to uh, looking at, there's that great quote from Jacques Cousteau about when you go in the ocean, you you enter a different food chain and not necessarily at the top. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Right. 
So yeah, you know, we're we're up here looking at bears and and moose, not thinking of it, and then oh, a wombat. <laughs> 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 what do I do? <laughs> uh, well, that's that's a good list, John. Really good list. Uh, like I say, I'd join you on the Mississippi any day. That's all right. Absolutely, yeah. let's do it. We'll do it. That's yeah. a that's a retirement river. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's take a quick break here. This is going to be this is going to be a bit longer show here. Uh, we got one more thing uh, that we we held over from last week uh, that Derek wants to talk about. Um, I think it's his resignation or something like that. He said, <laughs> but uh, we'll find out. You but, wish. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Uh, we'll be right back after this. Hey, this is Sean Rowley, and you're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. To find out more about us, check out our website, paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Current and past episodes of our podcast can be downloaded or streamed from iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page of our website. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, we would love to hear from you. So drop us a line on Facebook or our website. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. Uh, so, Derek, you sent a video last week, and we watched it. We were going to actually talk about this last week, but sort of ran out of time. Uh, we've yeah. run out of time again this week. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to talk Matt about Damon. yeah, yeah. We're going we're going to talk about it anyway. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, uh, so I came across this video, and uh, it's it's by uh, what's his name here, Adam Irino. So Adam Marino, he does the uh, YouTube channel Die Hard Fishing, and so he was out uh, he was out fishing in the ocean, uh, catching. There was a salmon run. He was uh, he ended up catching some lincod and stuff like that. But uh, the the this event spurred him to uh, team up with uh, the U.S. Coast Guard, and uh, so they came up with a uh, it, it's it's. Uh, for the U.S. Coast Guard's safe boating program, so he runs down a, a uh, YouTube video is called uh, the top five things, uh, top top five lessons learned after getting hit by a boat. Right. So he uh, he created this top five, but he ended up making it six just uh, for the article in, in a, one of the magazines or whatever. But uh, he was so he was out there. He was doing some. Uh, uh, deep ocean uh, fishing uh, from a kayak. So he's offshore. I don't know how far offshore, but uh, he he noticed in the distance, and it, there, there's all kinds of lessons learned that, that he provides from this. But basically, before I get into the uh, into the lessons learned, he was out there uh, kayak fishing, and he noticed a an approaching uh, small like uh, Boston Whaler type boat or smaller boat skiff. And uh, so it was. Uh, it was running hard towards him, but he couldn't see the uh, the the driver's uh, eyes. So he's like, "That person can't. I can't see him. He can't see me." And there was three and of them so, in the boat. 
there was three of them in the boat yes and so the 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 boat came along and he at the just sort of just fortuitous he just at the last second he said well they're not going to see me i got to get out so he's he his uh sit on top kayak is a paddle kayak so he's got a he's got the paddle as well as the uh the little pedal device the hobie cat thing and so he gave seven good paddles and they f- estimate that he cleared his uh he moved ahead by about seven feet and uh the powerboat or this the uh the skiff just kind of whacked against the back of his kayak and did some minor damage to him but he was lucky that he did start paddling because it would have it would have ran him right over it would have steamrolled him right mm-hmm. so uh so he he reassessed the situation afterwards and and he got together and it, it, for, with the u.s coast guard and did a thing for the safe boating program and so here's his uh his six lessons learned from this incident so uh, and it's this is something that uh, everybody can take away from here there's a lot, there's a lot of good points a lot of good lessons here some don't necessarily apply in all situations but uh it, they, they're all very good lessons to, to that people can take away so the first one is always wear a life jacket and me and sean and john we harp on this all the time if you're out there wear her just wear a life jacket there's there's no uh there's not hassle it's uh it's 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 something that you should just automatically do right just like when you hop in a car you put on a life jacket or put on a seatbelt you know what yes, I mean? when i hop in my car <laughs> you know what i mean you're hardcore man just you're in hardcore. case i drive you're over hard- that bridge into the harbor that car's gonna go over bridge <laughs> That's right. you end kids up in the put your life jackets your on <laughs> Then put your seatbelt on afterwards. <laughs> anyway, so his first point, his first lesson is always wear a life jacket. Uh, so he, he said his wasn't anything fancy. It's just a U.S. Coast Guard approved type 3 life jacket. But it, what it will do is uh, if you end up in the water, uh, it, along like along with if you're wearing a wetsuit in cold water, it, it buys you precious time before hypothermia can set in, right? Mm-hmm. So okay. you got you want to stay afloat and uh and uh, just long enough to be rescued or whatever or if you want to if you have skill enough to re-roll back in or climb back on top of your kayak right well so if, if he had been a little bit farther back that boat would have hammered him straight on it would have knocked him right in the water and so yeah. if he was if he became incapacitated or injured so you know people go well you know i'm a really good swimmer it's like not if you get run over by a boat well, not, you're not if you're unconscious swimmer. you're not <laughs> yeah right Right. So it's it's a it's a really good point. Always wear a life jacket. And the second one, and 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 um, so he he always carries a radio, uh, a VHF radio, and he fishes with friends. So it, it's a good point for for backup, for safety, for people keeping an eye on you. So he has a VHF radio to call for help if he needs it. He is on the ocean, and he's got friends close enough to see everything that, that what's going on, right? So, if he had been injured, uh, the radio would have allowed him to, you know, call the Coast Guard or call friends in closer or whatever, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And so it's it's one of those things. It's like everybody has a cell phone or whatever, but you know you you can't rely on a cell phone out there. So if you have a VHF, and it's one of those things like. Uh, I've thought about uh, if I ever get into deep into Georgian Bay or, or along that lines, it's, those VHF radios can come in very handy, right? If you're out, exp- you're, if you're exposed on a, a long reach or whatever, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's good to have. And a lot of these VHF radios also have a weather channel. Not all of them do, but some of them do, do have a weather channel, so you can get the, uh, the marine weather forecast, right? Right. Yeah, and so a third lesson learned 
is uh, visibility. So he's he's in a kayak. He's pretty low to the water. He didn't have any. Um, he had a bland colored kayak. He uh, he didn't have a very colorful life jacket. He didn't have a very colorful wetsuit. So the uh, the people in the boat maybe if he had something they would have might have seen him sooner, right? So he's saying that third is visibility. Many of the comments on on his YouTube page when he published his uh, his uh, video, they said that yeah, your your kayak wasn't very bright, your life jacket wasn't very bright, and so what he does now is uh, he he's, he says his next uh, he's going to get a orange flag and a flagpole and these things you attach to the back of the kayak sits about five six whatever feet high and it's got a flag hanging off that people can see a lot easier right uh, from mm -hmm. a distance yeah. right it's just it just helps uh, and he's also his next uh, life jacket he's, he's upgraded to a a uh, a brighter colored life jacket and when he does get a new kayak he's going to get a brighter colored kayak because it's it, visibility is very important for for somebody uh a lot there's not there's a few boaters that aren't very responsible, right? So they're not really looking out for people around them. But if they see a bright flag with a bright life jacket and a bright kayak, they're going to take note, and maybe that'll save your life and you won't get run over, right? Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Um, and lesson four is uh, think like a power boater. So he has the advantage himself that he grew up on the water. He, uh, you know, on skiffs, and his family ran skiffs a lot. And so he he knew about uh, keeping an eye on the things around him. And but he said that that helped him. So when he saw that skiff coming at him, he couldn't see the the driver's eyes. So he knew that. He can't see the guy's eyes. The guy can't see him. So it's one of those things. You have to think like a motorboater if you want to. If you want to try and think of what they might do, or with as with anything, right? In traffic, you can almost predict when people are going to cut you off. You, you just start to think like out of the drivers, right? So you got to think like the other, the other, uh, the other boater, right? So visibility is often compromised by all sorts of things, fog, glare, low angle of the sun. Or in that case, the, the, the boat, when the, the, it was motoring along, the bow of the boat automatically lifts in the air, so it blocked the, rider, the driver's view, right? Yeah. So it's... Now, it's just to play devil's advocate it's, it's, on it's that. Just gotta, sure. There was three people in that boat, and there was a guy yeah. near the front. Yeah, now, whenever that. we're in that kind of a situation, when we used to take the, the aluminum boats out and stuff like that, the guy at the front does not look at the guy at Driving. the motor. He yeah. looks forward to see things that, <laughs> that, that, that the driver yeah. is not going to see. In this lookout. case, this guy was facing the driver. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if you know that, that the front of that boat is up that high... Dude, yep. a, dude at the front should have been facing the other way. Absolutely. Totally. Like, like, yeah. yeah. And, and along with that is the, the, like, if you're going to be thinking safety, you're going to be thinking what the motorboater is thinking and you want to think like a motorboater to keep yourself safe. And, but what I found peculiar is that after this guy hit Adam, like he said that it looked like it was a father and two kids. Mm -hmm. And so two teenagers and a dad. He said that's what it looked like, but he doesn't know for sure because they never stopped. Yeah. So the guy kind of wins the Father of the Year award, right? He yeah. almost ran over a kayaker. The kids saw that what happened, and he just kept on going. He didn't turn around. He wow. didn't come back to check to see if Adam was okay. He just kept wow. on motor. He's like, Hit and run. I ran over that guy. I guess I better keep going. So it's uh, it's. 
Anyway, uh, so lesson five, and he does this now. And so it, in the video, he, he was video himself fishing. So he, uh, he starts to yell, hey, hey, hey. So it, uh, they couldn't hear him, obviously, over the, the sound of the motor of the, of the skiff. But if he had uh, carried an air horn or a whistle, he might have been able to alert them easier, right? Mm-hmm. So he's suggesting that everybody should carry an air horn or a whistle so that you can, you know, a sharp whistle blast or a sharp uh, air horn blast, and it might grab the, uh, the, boat, the boater's attention, right? Yeah. And see, up here, we have to have a noise-making yes. device. Exactly. We were supposed to have a, a, a whistle on us mm-hmm. if you're boating, right? That yeah. can't be, that's to be attached to you type thing. Yeah. Like mine, if you look at the, if you look at me when I'm wearing my, my life jacket, it's, it's right at the front there. It's hanging off. So there's a, a, a little lanyard thing that I can just grab it and, and yeah. blow, right? Well, that mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think too, you know, that that's almost, those are almost like, should almost be two different lessons because, I don't think a whistle is going to be heard above a above the, 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 engine. Boat. the right. engine. No, yeah, I, right. I don't think that's possible. I think Even a you know the other thing. Yeah, right. The the other problem with whistles is that sometimes the the frequency is high on a whistle, and yeah. so some people aren't going to hear that to begin with, and then by the time you add in you know motor noise and stuff, motor so noise. I look at noise. it. I look at a yeah. whistle as being for, you know, for rescue and such. And then I look at an air horn as for being for alerts and for wildlife. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Uh, if, if, you know, like when I'm in bear country or something, I'll, I'll uh, you know, people are always saying, oh, you have to take a, you know, a gun when you're in bear country. It's like, no, you take an air horn and you take some, some bear spray. Right. Yeah. But the, I think the air horn is... Um, I think they're both really important, but I think you could almost two different lessons with them, two different mm-hmm. uses. Yeah, absolutely. Anyways, he does have a final lesson, lesson six. So in the YouTube video, it says five lessons, but in this article for Paddling Magazine, he he listed a sixth lesson. Keep fishing. You might catch <laughs> exactly. your personal best. So after after he got whacked by this boat, he uh, he did keep fishing. He's like, well, I'm not injured. My boat, my watercraft is still, you know, is still in shape. So he kept fishing, and he uh, he caught his personal best. He caught a lingcod. It was uh, in the video. You can see it. It's huge. So he uh, he caught his personal best huge fish. And so that that was those are his lessons, and I think it's a good message to take away from this. And uh, if you if you guys want to see the uh, the video itself, you just go to uh, go to YouTube and type in top five lessons learned after getting hit by a boat, or just top five lessons learned after, and it comes up. So it's uh, he's got two videos of it. He's got uh, he's got the six minute video that was uh, created for. Uh, for uh, U.S. Coast Guard. Plus, he's also uh, got a more in-depth, 17-minute-long video on the same incident, where he describes it in a, in a different way. So it's uh, it's it's very. Uh, I think we can all take a lesson away from this and how to be safer on the water and how to protect yourself so you can get home to your family at the end of the day, type thing, right? Yeah. So, well, especially when you're out in big water and where the boats exactly. are really starting yes. to, to go, yeah. yep. you definitely need to make yourself visible. Exactly. Um, 
and like like I say, I I take uh, a, a big um, not offense. What's the word I'm looking for? The fact that they weren't really paying attention, like they should have been in the boat. That dude at yeah. the front, yeah, that yeah. that bothers me. Dude should have been looking. He's he's <laughs> the extra set of eyes. Yeah, you know, so. Yep. And I mean, that boat, if he can't see over the front, he could have been heading towards another big boat. Or a rock or, or a whatever. Rock or a log. Yeah. Dead. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, yep. so. Anyway. There also is another lesson in here too. Okay. He caught a lingcod, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He didn't, he bleed didn't bleed it out, it out through the gills. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. That was so, probably his buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he wasn't visited by a shark later. So, yeah. you know, I think he's, he's doing the, there you he's go. doing See, things right. He could have had seven lessons. Yes. <laughs> but if he hadn't lost his knife over the side when that guy hit him, <laughs> there may have been seven lessons there. Yeah, maybe. Uh, wow. Yeah. So take those lessons. Uh, I think what we'll do is at some point we'll post that, um, uh, the video, the video to our page. Yeah. Um, yeah, for last week we were talking about the Dane Jackson video that is up on our page as well, uh, so you can see him go over that 134 foot waterfall. And yeah, we'll put this one here so you can see the the, the guy actually hit him, and and uh, we'll see the guy talk about his top five lessons and what you should do and what he's done about them. Uh, I th- think that's about it this week, man. Yeah, I think we've outdone ourselves. What are we an hour and a half? I don't know, six days. <laughs> I think today's show is as long as Derek's paddle. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Uh, you got anything else there, John? I got nothing. I got nothing. nothing. Derek? Got nothing. Oh, I got nothing. Nothing. Well, if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can see us uh, download these and listen to them on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. You can also go to the episode page at paddlingadventuresradio.com and listen to all 225 episodes now. Uh, If you go to our main page and click the banner on what this week's show is about, it'll take you right to the episode page. If you enjoy the podcast, please do us a favor and share it with everybody that uh, you know that, especially now having the isolation thing going on for so long, they might want to listen to something uh, a bit different about paddling. Uh, Other than that, uh, that is it. Uh, John, thanks for being with us again this week. Thank you. And everybody out there, I want to thank you all for listening. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time. (laughs)